Blog Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to our latest Outboards podcast. It is January 21st. Uh, well, <laughs> it is, it is, I don't know, it's Christmas, it's New Year's, it's everything all rolled into one for, for Jim and me because the Patriots are playing the Broncos, Tom Brady's taking on Peyton Manning, and tied at 2-2 two to two in their playoff meetings. This one's probably going to break the tie forever. We're going to talk about some gay football stuff. Uh, we're hoping that Brandon Davis is going to join us. He's going to try the the former uh, Montana State running back who came out of sports late, earlier this week, but we, we cannot not talk about the rivalry. Jim, what, uh, any thought? Are you sick of hearing about it yet? Well, Jim's got his phone on mute again, I think. It's uh, it, it's it, it's interesting. I wrote a piece for SB Nation earlier this week about the reality of the Brady-Manning rivalry. And, and while people just assume the Patriots have steamrolled Manning through the playoffs every time they've gotten the chance, the fact of the matter is that, yes, Manning and Belich- uh, Brady and Belichick have beaten Manning more about twice as much as he's beaten them. But in the playoffs, it's 2-2. Two to two. And the home team has won every time. And um, Tom Brady uh, has never won in Denver. So you, you put all that together, and while I think the Patriots are still favored, they opened up a three-point favorite, uh, Jim, it's, still, it, it's, it's, just, it's still surprising to me, given the reality of where the Denver defense is, their, their, their real history, not the perceived history, that people are still jumping all over the Patriots on this one. Well, I wasn't on mute, but I guess we had more technical difficulties. So, uh, can you hear me now? Yep. Hey. Uh, yeah. I mean, I. Ev- I mean, when I say everybody, I've not seen yet any a- anyone pick the Broncos to win the game outside of the Bronco uh, blogs. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's pretty unanimous, and a lot of people think it's going to be a walkover. People think it's not going to be a close. It's going to be blowout. And I get. <laughs> I mean, I get why they're saying Who that. Who said that? Uh, Don Banks of the Sports Illustrated said it's not even going to be close. A guy from NFL.com, their analyst, said the Patriots' offense is unstoppable. Um, I mean, it's really just, I mean, it seems to be universal. And I sort of get why they're the favorites, because they didn't have Edelman the last game, and he sort of makes their offense go. But you you gave the stat the Patriots all time are two and six in Denver. They're zero and two in the playoffs, and every time Manning and Brady have met in the playoffs, the home teams won. And I think the home game, the home field makes a big difference here. And people don't know Demarcus Ware has been the guy that's made their pass rush go, and he missed the first Bronco Patriot game. So I know people are talking yeah. about who New England was missing, which is totally valid. But they're forgetting that, you know, Ware missed the game and their best safety, T.J. Ward, went out in the first period when he collided with a teammate and kind of took themselves both out. So, I mean, the big, the big key is Manning-Brady doesn't feel the same to me because Manning 
is clearly not the quarterback he was even, you know, a year and three months ago. I mean, something happened midseason last year, and I thought he played fine last week in terms of, you know, managing the game, and he had a lot of drops. But <clears throat> all season with this Kub- this new coach, Gary Kubiak offense, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is, the offense has not been consistent except for one game, and that was the Green Bay game. I mean, they've had stretches where they'll score 17 points in the first quarter and zero in the second, or, or in the second half, and vice versa. So I'm kind of not sure... <laughs> that they're going to be able to score enough points because it's just, I mean, I've watched all their games and it's painful sometimes to see how inconsistent they are. And it, it's kind of, kind of don't know why you have great skill players. And yet for whatever reason, they start at the 30 yard line in two possessions and kick two field goals. So I think the reason people are picking them is they don't think Denver can score enough points unless New England kind of has some kind of offensive meltdown. So, but yeah, but I mean, it's, it is kind of interesting. I haven't seen a home team, be this sort of the underdog in people's minds on a long time in, in terms of nobody giving him a chance. Yeah, it's a strange one. I Yes, the Patriots struggled, and yes, oh, in December, and yes, Edelman was out, but, you know, winning a, a home – and they have, they have had struggles in recent home playoff games. They've lost a couple a couple years ago. They should have lost to the Ravens. The Ravens missed a uh, nothing field goal and, and, and well had a, the win game winning touchdown in their hands and dropped it. So they they certainly struggled at home and it was obviously um, you know it was strong to see them come out really and, and and score a lot of points and really put it to the Chiefs. But gosh, after that you go on the road and I, I just don't buy that this offense is anywhere near unstoppable. I, I just they, they don't have much of a running game and. I don't know that pass rush. They've had problems up and down the offensive line. The pass rush of the, of the Broncos. I, I, I mean, if I had to pick a winner, you, you have to go with the, the league's number one defense at home. I don't know how you. I don't know how you say the some team offensive woes coming into that situation is going to win in a walkover. It's just, it's 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 so odd. I think well, it's so it's, much. Per, I think what people are also missing is that. I try to look for a good road win. The Broncos or the Patriots had this year, and I thought, okay, Houston is about it, but they weren't very good. I mean, they have not had a tough road schedule, and Denver at home has beaten Pittsburgh, New England, Cincinnati, Green Bay, and Minnesota, all five good playoff teams. Yeah. Um, all of them have been close except for the Green Bay game, which is which is the reason as a Bronco fan, it's like, uh, you know, if, they're, if, if they play their offense play like they did last week, you know, will New England leave as many points on the board as Pittsburgh? I mean, I think I would lean towards New England, but I, I mean, I certainly don't make it a blowout. And, you know, there is something about some, like, Patriots do not play well in Denver. And it's not like they've played the same quarterback teams and coaches. It's been, no matter who they've gone up there against, except that when it was Tim Tebow and Danny Cannell, they have struggled and they're two and six. So I, I don't think that can be simply dismissed by people as well. It doesn't matter, um, but it, yeah, well, it's, 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 uh, it has a different uh, feel to it. And I'm but, curious to see can Peyton pull out one more? <laughs> Could he do something for one game where he looks semi like the Peyton of old? And if he does, then I think the Broncos have a great shot. Well, we'll be at the Super Bowl no matter who's in it. There will be another team. It'll be the Panthers or the Cardinals. I think that's kind of the, the undercard for us, you know, being a Broncos fan and being a Patriots fan. But I wanted to shift gears and talk uh, quickly before Brandon Davis joins us uh, about a former Denver Bronco, Brandon Marshall, who went on 
Stephen Colbert last night, I guess, or the other night, and last let night. Colbert paint his paint his fingernails, and and you wrote about that, and I, I thought it was it was I thought it was kind of neat too. What, what so what, how did it unfold? How did he end up painting his fingernails? Well, actually, it was Jeremy Brenner's his NFL preview for the week. Um, Jeremy has been paid a lot of attention at Marshall, who's doing this Project 375, which deals with raising awareness of mental health issues because Brendan Marshall's had um, borderline personality disorder, and he's been really he's been really great about kind of being open about it. And he he had been you know a problem player, a malcontent. Turned out he really had a mental illness that he was kind of you know not really dealing with. And in the last couple of years, he's really been very open. So he started this project and their color is this sort of bright, almost neon like green. And he was, I actually happened to watch the Colbert segment because Jeremy alerted me to it. And, you know, he's talking about the thing and he shows, he gives Colbert a bunch of gifts. And one of them is a thing of nail polish and Colbert just rips the packaging out and says, you're getting your nails painted. And, you know, Marshall kind of smiled and went along with it. It was actually kind of cool to see it. And, <clears throat> You know, I do think it's an example of a player that had a reputation as being a bad guy, and he was a bad guy in a sense because he said he didn't he didn't know how to turn it off once he left the football field. He was the same sort of you know aggressive, not nice person off the field that he was on until he started getting treatment. And so I think the idea was you know that mental health issues affect a lot of LGBT people in terms of you know just people struggling with their identity and stuff and being accepted. So, you know, if, if we see Marshall in uh, San Francisco, I'd love to talk to him about it and to see if there's going to be an LGBT components, reach out component from his foundation that he does with his wife, who I think is a mental health counselor or therapist or something. She's somehow somewhere involved in the field. So it was just kind of a cool little moment, uh, uh, you know, on national TV, can't hurt. I think it's interesting to look at how the, these kinds of things uh, seems to me have become more and more uh, I don't know about regular, but they're, but they're they're not such anomalies. You know, years ago you had Joe Theismann wearing pantyhose on a TV commercial, but today you get you know RG3 wearing a pink Joe Namath, right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Theismann would never do that. <laughs> You're right, sorry. Uh, and you uh, RG3 wearing pink pink socks and and uh, and and guys in NFL Network wearing pink. All the time, it is shocking to me how often they're wearing uh, wearing pink on, on NFL Network. Guys like Deion Sanders and Michael Irvin, and uh, and you know um, Arian Foster talking about uh, what is it? We're playing the piano, and uh, I just it, it's been interesting to me that over the last couple of years to see these guys just kind of say, "Well, yeah, I'm a I'm a big masculine, hard hitting dude." And I have a feminine side too. I just don't think I don't remember seeing that much, even five, seven years ago. Well, it seems more. But then we have the counter thing, which is Odell Beckham, you know, being called a ballerina, and you know, he he's sort of feminized in a way that's not very that's not very positive. Um, but I think to see people sort of be more expressive, um, I think is a wonderful thing, and it, it does seem more common. And so I thought the Marshall thing. Of course, he's promoting something, but he's promoting something that's actually a good thing. Um, and he was a good sport, you know, along with the Colbert thing. And so, yeah, I mean, I, I do think you're seeing it more and more. But, yeah, Joe Namath, that was back in the 1970s he wore pantyhose. Yeah, well, that was a, well, it was a TV commercial, right? Oh, yeah, yeah. It was a, you know, he was okay. the – but he also wore fur. I mean, it was like he was really sort of flamboyantly out there, but because he was such a ladies' man, 
you know, I mean, Joe was a single, you know, was a, you know, a very eligible bachelor who was seen all the time in these nightclubs in ways you'll never see guys today. I mean, pictures of him with starlets and, you know, actresses and stuff in every nightclub on Broadway when he was the thing in, you know, the NFL made the papers all the time. You kind of don't see those same kind of pictures as much. You know, these guys are maybe a little more zone of privacy in terms of that kind. You know, in a weird sense, we know who they're dating, but, you know, Joe would just pose for pictures for the photographers with these women on his arm. So he kind of lived up the fact that he was a bachelor, but he was way ahead of his time in that regard. Well, in addition to all that stuff we've seen over the last couple of years, more and more people in football coming out, more and more players, active players, uh, and, and some some guys who played recently you had obviously Michael Sam and and Connor Mertens who's a who's a, a a college football player. Mitch Eby was a college football player. Kids in high school and and this week we had Brandon Davis who played at Louisiana Tech and Montana State uh, and he wanted to he decided to share his story with us. He got uh, Dalton Maldonado connected us uh, and and Brandon's on the line with us. Brandon, I, I wanted to ask you. Uh, how you got connected with Dalton and 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 seeing his story out there last year? How did that impact you as an a- as an athlete in Montana? Well, me and Dalton got connected through Instagram. Actually, uh, I hashtag out sports one time because I had a <clears throat> one of my friends who actually just recently came out. He was on a on a track team. He told me about out sports. He was like, "Hey, Brian, have you heard of out sports? You should try to." you know, possibly write an article on there. And I was like, oh, snap, okay, cool. And then randomly, I don't know how, but Dalton uh, contacted me and messaged me. He was like, hey, would you like to say your article on uh, Out Sports? And I was like, whoa, that's kind of random. I just got told that the other day. But, yeah, dude. And then me and him started talking, and then he got me and you connected. And it was all just kind of like a coincidence, random, like, honestly. And his story was actually pretty crazy, like how he got chased from – his basketball game, like, I don't even know, like, how that, it's like, I don't, that's just crazy to me because I never, like, experienced anything like that. And for him to go through that, like, playing a basketball game and getting chased from it, from the opposing team, like, that's pretty crazy. Like, if I would ever go through something like that, I don't know what I would do, honestly, but that he faced was, was pretty amazing. Well, you, uh, you told your story on Outsports earlier this week. You uh, are, are you played football at Montana State briefly and previously at Louisiana Tech. You're with the rugby team now at Montana State. What's been the reaction that people have had to your story being on Outsports? Um, I've got I see a lot of feedback on it. More, it's mainly positive. Everybody, like all my teammates and stuff, they never actually got to hear my coming out story. And so most of the feedback was just like, oh, man, I didn't know it was that hard for you. And, I didn't know you were going through all of that. And um, I've, like, got a lot of emails, like, saying that I, like, inspired a lot of people for coming out as, like, a gay football player. And, I mean, that's pretty cool, you know. Like, it honestly made me feel really good that I had that so much, that much support coming from, like, a whole bunch of different areas. And, like, all my, like, high school friends and stuff were hitting me up saying, oh, man, dude, I didn't know you were going through all that. I wish we could have been there for you in high school and stuff like that. And I wish he didn't feel like that about us. And because I said that, I mean, I thought that my teammates wouldn't feel comfortable with me coming out in high school, but most of my teammates all hit me up from high school saying that they wouldn't have never cared and that they wish I would have done it so they could have been there for me this whole journey before I came out. 
Yeah, Brand, this is a, a Jim. Um, it's interesting you, you said the way you talked about it is what, the way a lot of athletes talk about it, that they assumed they wouldn't be accepted, and yet once they came out, they got a lot of support. What do you think that fear stems from when externally, you know, obviously once, once you came out, people were sort of supportive, but you were so afraid of it. Why do you think that is the case? I mean, because growing up, I'm, I would, like, people were kind of hypnotizing and thinking that homosexuality is wrong. And so with, like, the jokes and stuff, hearing, like, from your classmates and teammates and stuff, like, just on the regular, it kind of just makes you, like, scared that they're going to just judge you all the time because of the jokes that they're saying in the locker room. And plus the whole masculinity factor, like, being in the locker room and, like, playing football, you're supposed to have all the girls and all this type of stuff. And then so if I came out as gay, I just thought that I would have people confused and uncomfortable around me because, you know, I had to take showers with those guys. I was, like, around them all the time and stuff, you know, and I didn't want anybody to feel uncomfortable around me. And so that fear was just, like, I don't know, I just wanted to be, like, accepted. I didn't want to, like, look at, look, be looked at as an outcast. But I don't know why I thought that because now that I wish I'd never thought that because now that I know that the way they reacted would have, I don't know, it, it was a lot different than what I thought it was going to be. One of the things that, that we that that we've come to learn that? is that it's, one of the things that we've come to learn is that it's not just you know your your teammates saying anti-gay or homophobic things using the word faggot or whatever, but it's also mm-hmm. the really overt heterosexuality, the constant talk about girls and things like that that make gay athletes feel like they just might not belong and it's not really intended to be harmful or anything it's just guys being guys not even thinking for a moment oh there might be somebody in here who doesn't like girls yeah and so was that part of it for you yeah that was that was like a really big part because that's all we'd ever really talk about in the locker room was who was getting the most girls and who was talking to the most girls who had the most game. And all this type of stuff, and I was kind of sitting there like, uh, well, I'm not really interested in that, but okay, I'll just go along with it. You know, so, like, I just didn't, it was like an uncomfortable topic to talk about. Like, whenever, like, they bring up girls, I couldn't relate to them on that because that's not what I was interested in. Well, it's too bad, Brandy, you couldn't sort of take them aside and say, listen, I'm not a threat to you guys because you like women, I don't, so I can be your wingman and help you get any woman you want to. That actually may, <laughs> may have worked with some exactly. of those guys. That's what I, and that's what a lot of them told me, too, like, after I came out. They were like, dude, I, like, I, I, it was kind of funny how, like, they all, like, approached me afterwards. They're like, oh, my God, dude, you would have been the best wingman, dude. Cause, because I'm not going to lie, that like, I had, like, okay, when I was in high school, like, I had girls, like, try to, you know, like, pursue me and stuff, but it was never really, like, a like a desire that I had to, you know, engage in that. But, like, a lot of my teammates were hitting me up saying, oh, dude, you'd have been the best way, man. You could just put me all the girls I was trying to give with you on me. And so it was actually pretty funny. <laughs> well, what, when you were at Louisiana Tech and you were in high school, you you know, you, you, you knew you were gay. And all of those times, had you seen the stories of other gay football players? Did you try to reach out to anybody like the Connor Mertens or, or, or other people who are out there in your sport who you knew who were, who were gay or bi? Um, honestly, I didn't know what to do. Like, I kind of thought I was, like, the only one because I didn't hear about, like, any – I never, like, really heard about any, like, other, like, gay football players or anything like that. And so I was kind of, like, 
care to reach out to anybody. But what I would do was instead of like reaching out to other athletes, I like go. There was a there was a site a long time ago. It was like a bunch of chat rooms. And then what I would do was go on there, like just try to meet people and just like talk to them, like just try to vent. I forgot what it was, but the site's no longer up. But there was like a gay and bi and lesbian chat room that I'd always go to just to meet people, just like to talk to people that I can relate to. And um, <clears throat> I go on there pretty frequently, and there was one time I got cut <laughs> by one of my teammates actually when I was in high school because it was like a pretty popular website. And so, like, all of my class, like, teammates and classmates in high school had was on this website. So, and we all like, had each other as friends. And when I went back to Atlanta to live, I mean, stay with my parents for the summer, uh, one of my friends had saw me in that chat room, and then he posted on my Facebook wall, hey, Brandon, why are you in a gay chat room in all capital letters? And then a whole bunch of people saw it, and I didn't even delete it <laughs> because I didn't want to get caught, you know? And so I didn't know what to do, and so I had to, like, make up a story for when I got back to fall camp. And, like, let everybody know that it was just a joke. But I never really, like, reached out to any other athletes. So I didn't – I honestly didn't know where to look. I was so new to everything. Like, I just didn't know what to do, so I just kind of kept everything a secret. And I was really, like, low-key about everything. Well, Brandon, what's been the cultural change for you from from going to a place like Montana? I mean, you're – you're black and you're gay in Montana is probably a double minority. <clears throat> Has that been an issue, or have people been generally pretty accepting? And you just feel like you're just another, you know, one of the people there. Um, honestly, I've I'm pretty used to like being around like being like the minority around like a bunch of like whites and stuff. Because like growing up, I've always like, lived in like predominantly like white schools and stuff. So. I mean, it was really nothing new to me. Like, it, it wasn't really a culture change because I was already used to it. But, yeah, you're right. It is mainly, like, whites up here. And, the most, like, mainly the, the blacks are just the athletes. But, no, it hasn't really been a problem for me, like, just because I'm already used to it. So, it was nothing really I wasn't already used to. And, were, you used um, to the win- were you used to the winter? Oh, <laughs> I don't think so. No, it is so cold up here. I remember, like, when I first got up here, I didn't go to class for, like, three weeks one time because my car, when it started out, was, it was too cold. It was, like, negative 20 degrees up here. <laughs> well, you said that some of your high school teammates have reached out to you and said, oh, man, you know, sorry, you know, we, we would have loved to, you know, we would have embraced you here. Have you heard from anybody at Louisiana Tech? Um. Yeah, actually, a few of my friends, like, a few of my, t- yeah, one of my teammates, actually, he, this is like one of the few bad feedbacks I got. He was like, he called me and he was like, Brandon, are you for real? And I'm like, what do you mean? Because it's like my best friend I was going to take. And then I was like, yeah. And then he was like, well. And then he just hung up. And then I looked on Instagram and then he unfollowed me on Instagram, unfriended me on Facebook. I tried texting him, but I got a text back. And then I called, I called him and it said my, uh, I couldn't. I'm assuming he just blocked my number. So after I like like, told are you him, like, kidding? I'm being dead serious, and like this is like my first friend I made out with in the tech. But that was just one of them, and then a few others hit me up saying uh, that they didn't believe me and stuff, and that they thought I got hacked, and they they just wouldn't believe it. They're like, no, Brandon, <laughs> like no, that's not true. You're not gay. And I was like, you're so they yeah, thought they know. I was just playing around. Yeah. Because so like, these I, were all these were all guys 
These were guys from Louisiana Tech, or these were just people from Montana State? No, these were the ones from Louisiana Tech. Wow. Like, after I went, no, they just kind of assumed that I was. They're like, what? They're just, like, shocked. They're like, no. But at the same time, like, I don't know, like, a lot of them, like, a few of them would say that, like, make gay jokes towards me and say, like, oh, Brandon's gay, oh, Brandon's gay, because... I don't know, I, I was more of like a, I like to dress up all the time and make sure I like presentable everywhere I went, and like a lot of them thought that was kind of feminine, and so they'd always like say like gay jokes towards me and assume that like play around like I was gay, but when I actually came out, they were like, what, are you serious? And so I was like, I, I was kind of confused on why they were so sucked, because they, some of them used to call me gay, you know? Well, Brandon, you did a great video, um... It had really good production values, and it says on it, music by Brandon Davis. Is that, uh, talk about the video, how you assembled it, because uh, it was actually pretty impressive. Oh, yeah, man, I do, I'm not going to lie, I do it all. I, I'm, I like to, I like to, like, do everything on my own. Like, I cut hair, I make music, I make videos. I like to, I just like to try out new things, it's like, just to, I don't know, just to, just to learn new things, I guess. But, um, to make the video though, I made that on my phone actually. Uh, I just set it up on my MacBook and just placed it up and just started recording and talking. And then I put it on my MacBook. Went in the iMovie, did a little like cutting up of things that didn't be need, weren't needed in the video. And I don't know. It took me about I'm not gonna lie though. It took me about 15 tries to actually make the first like the full video because I I didn't know what to say. And like and like the first day I made it, I was like, oh no, I can't do this. And then the second day, I was like, oh, man, I can't. And then the third day, I just woke up and said, you know what, I'm just going to talk. And so I spoke for about 30 minutes and just cut out everything that didn't need to be in the video and then put it all together and put my music on there. Just like to say, I, I can like, make music, too. I thought that was pretty cool to put that on there. And, uh, yeah, that's basically the summarization of the video. Let's talk about your wardrobe. Oh. It was like, like a German soccer jacket or something. Oh yeah, I mean, I, mom got that from me when I was in Atlanta visiting her. But yeah, I don't. I, what's, uh, what's, cool, what's cool? What's cool? What was that? What's cool about your music is when I first heard it, I thought, ah, shoot, you know, he went on. He this is some this is some um, you know recording artist that I don't know that he went and downloaded some professional recording artist of some big label, and we're going to get in trouble for using the music. And I and I mm-hmm. messaged him, I'm like, Brandon, where'd you get that music? He's like, oh, you know, whatever. And he finally says, well, it's it's my music. That's me. I'm like, what? <laughs> That's incredible. <laughs> it was really good. Yeah, I do it all, man. I just try. <laughs> but, yeah, music is well, what are you, are you, I'm like, I, I doing all the time, too. Are you graduating this spring? I graduate in the fall, in December. What are you and, gonna do next? Have you thought about that? Um, I really don't know. People ask me that all the time, and I'm, I really don't know what it is. I'm still trying to figure that out, honestly. Like, what I really want to do, I thought would be really cool, is to be like an interviewer. Like, you know, like for example, like how on the red carpet they're always asking celebrities how far they've come and their accomplishments and how they feel about what's coming up next and. Stuff like that. I always want to be like an interview, like just somebody that can like just talk to people. Whatever it is I want to do, I just want to like be involved, like just talking to people and being involved and stuff. But I honestly don't know what it is I want to do yet. 
I know my time's getting to cut a little short, but I, I just don't know. Still trying to figure that out. Oh, you're still young. You got a lot yeah. of time. Well, the, you know, um, wherever you end up, there's always the uh, gay football leagues and, and gay flag football leagues and gay rugby leagues. I'm sure, you know, they're all over the country. And so whenever, wherever you end up, you should track one of them down. It's a great way to meet other LGBT people and play the sports you love. And, uh, you know, your, your, your sports career doesn't have to end just because you leave college. You can play with one of these gay leagues. Actually, a few people hit me up about that on Facebook. About like the gay rugby leagues, they're like trying to get me connected with like a few of them. Like <clears throat> I forgot the guy's name, but he was telling me his coming out story, and then he was telling me about how all like there's a, there's like a bunch of gay rugby leagues, and I should be I should look into it and possibly join one after I graduate. I was like, yeah, man, that'd be actually really cool. But yeah, I got well, reached out to you about, about that. Well, there's 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 rugby, there's there's flag football. Jim and I started the the flag football league nationally. Jim started the one here in L.A. So, you got opportunities to play sports with 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 gay people, no matter no matter where you go. Maybe not Bozeman, Montana, but pretty, pretty much everywhere else. <laughs> yeah. uh, but Brandon, thank you for joining us. That's all the Thanks, time Brandon. we have this week. Uh, Jim will be by himself next week. I'm gonna be on a cruise in the middle of the Caribbean. Go Patriots! Uh, <laughs> And Jim, I will see you next in San Francisco at Media That's Day right. for the Super for Bowl. That's right, for the debt, for the Peyton Manning's final ride at the Super Bowl. <laughs> Thanks all for joining us, and we'll talk to you. Jim, we'll talk to you next week. <laughs>